The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to this, another episode of the Red Alone Football Podcast. My name is Josh Norris, joined this time by Hans Pinwinks, not John Daigle. Daigle, Scruff is coming in. It's coming back. I guess that means we're getting closer and closer to football season. It means it's playoff season. That's what it means. <laughs> uh, yeah, the beard comes back very quickly, and I always like what we're doing here. I'm glad you had this idea in June to just have monthly episodes of updating ADP and, more importantly, what we're doing today, live drafting for the podcast to give people a gauge of where everyone is going and what we think. I love these drafts. I love these podcasts that we do once a month and almost certainly in August, we'll do multiple of them. And especially compared to our July draft, so much has changed. I mean, Hayden, Damian Williams opting out, what that means for Clyde Edwards, Lair, a lot of other players opting out across the league, just ADP changes in general on short practices that and news items that have come out. So this one should be interesting today. We are going inside the mind of John Daigle. Hayden, I know you were a part of one of these in July, and we went with an early Raven stack. What do you envision John Daigle doing today? Well, first of all, I think this is going to be a very good episode. I think all of our Roto-World writers kind of have our own expertises. I think Daigle's is understanding the high-stakes industry, understanding how to draft. I think that is his biggest specialty. So we're going to actually get to see, see him play out all his draft processes. So that's what I'm excited for. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Dago, what pick are we? So we are the fourth overall pick. Let's go. Which is kind of a disaster because this is this is the one where you start thinking either Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Alvin Kamara, and that to me is the only argument. I'm taking Ceh over Dalvin Cook 100 of the time at fifth overall right Hmm. now since Damian Williams opted out. But Kamara and Ceh are the ones where I think it could go either way. Honestly, both sides have a legitimate argument. Well, Christian McCaffrey went first overall. Daigle, is there a way for us to see like the grid? You go to teams and then grid, something like that. Hayden, do you know? Table. We're there. Table. We're there. Oh, and, and drag that down. There we go. Okay, so I'm not going to do this when I'm drafting, but right. I will always come back to it for the people watching the video. You can go to YouTube and see. That way we can always get the full view of the board. All right. And we're diving right into it today. In previous drafts that we've had, you know, we have a little bit of a lead up. We certainly do not. In the platform that we are using just to set it up, it is full point PPR. There are no defenses. There are no kickers. The starting lineup, two running backs, three wide receivers, one flex. It is not uh, tight end premium. So it's basically your standard out there. Saquon Barkley went third overall. So, John Daigle, with Clyde edwards layer up there, we certainly know that Alvin Kamara has frequently been, or Dalvin Cook, or whoever else, in those top five running backs. But where are you going here? Uh, we know Hayden was the first one to tweet about splits last year and this offseason with Alvin Kamara breaking fewer tackles and avoiding fewer tackles whenever he had the high ankle sprain. We fully expect him to return on 65 plus percent of snaps uh, and handle the usual floor and have a ceiling that he typically does. However, I think I have to go with Edwards Hilaire, who I still think has a higher ceiling just in playing with Patrick Mahomes. Love and, it. The, and the role now is just absolutely there for him. Uh, does he have a lower floor than Alvin? Absolutely. I think he does. But the ceiling is finishing as the number two, number one overall running back, whereas I don't think Kamara can do that. We're playing to win. Daigle, we are trying to win. And I actually think Alvin Kamara is going to have a better season than he did last year, especially from a touchdown standpoint. Like neither he nor Latavius Murray really, and especially Alvin, blew up in that spot last year. But I think maybe Edwards Solaris 4 is very similar to what Christian McCaffrey did his rookie season. I know we've talked a lot about it this offseason. Maybe he doesn't have those 80 receptions that seems he had during his rookie year. But 200 carries, Hayden, I think that's absolutely approachable here. Yeah, I think we're going to be 150 to 225 carries plus upwards of 75 to 100 targets this year. And and keep in mind, all of these targets and touches just in general are as high efficient as you can get. There'll be a lot of goal line opportunities for him. And quite frankly, the, the options behind him are just not very strong. So I don't I don't even see there, there being a free agent running back that would even change my view of what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to bring, at least this close into the season. And then going back to Alvin Kamara, the I – I keep on having this debate too, Kamara versus CEH. The one thing I need to go watch back, but Taysom Hill played like 25% of the snaps over the last six games for the Saints last year. My concern possibly would be Taysom Hill getting in there 
in uh, goal line packages and Kamara maybe not getting as many goal line opportunities as you'd kind of like. So um, it's a good debate. It's a good problem to have that you want one of these top five, top six running backs. Cool. Cool. Uh, let's reset a little bit since we have a little bit of time here. Again, we are doing a live draft right now and we've done, we've done one of these in July and June. All of our podcasts that you all can go and check out have basically held up this offseason starting from May 1st because really there's been so little change compared to previous years here on the Road to Road Football Podcast. I also want to say that August is typically our biggest month here on the podcast. So one, thank you for joining us if you're here for the first time. If you've been a longtime listener, Canada, we also love you. We are number four in Canada this week, which is so freaking cool among football podcasts. Um, and if you can just tell one friend, like to continue to grow this audience over these next few weeks when you have your fantasy drafts, that would absolutely mean the world to me and mean the world to all of us too. Um, this is the month that we really love and who knows how weird this schedule is going to be this this season and how much things are going to change. But Diego, I still expect them to just like we saw with CEH now emerging instead of like an end of the second round or early third round selection to now being almost certainly a top six selection in fancy drafts right now. So. Yeah. So looking at the numbers, uh, Camara projected out, had he played 16 games, he would have received 290 touches on the pace numbers he had through 14 games. And with the Chiefs missing the third most carries from last season, given that not only LaShawn McCoy is gone, but Damian Williams is gone, that's 61% of their total carries from last year. So basically the question is, I don't have any concerns over their efficiency. Like I think uh, Edward Slayer will be as efficient, if not more than Kamara. The question is, do you think Edward Slayer rivals 290 touches? And I think there's an easy path there even with only 200 to 220 carries, because like Hayden said, he's going to get 80 to 100 targets. For the audio listeners, after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, then towards the end at 109 was Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, Miles Sanders. And I want to highlight here at the 112, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I mean, we can almost certainly think that he's aiming for, or this drafter is aiming for, Patrick Mahomes in round three as well to start off with that stack. We've talked about sacks in the past. One that you want, ones you want to prioritize. We named six teams. Go and listen to that podcast. It's from last week. Um, There's a reason why, I mean, Hayden goes into why stacks can, can be so meaningful, especially in best ball drafts here. And there might not be a stack that you want more when drafting than Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. It's just very difficult to do and relies on a lot of drafters around you as well. Josh, I got a quick story. A couple of weeks back, back when Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a third, fourth round pick, I have a Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, CEH stack floating around one of these drafters tournaments. Please <laughs> come through for me, Andy Reid. Please. There we go. There we go. Okay. After Travis Kelsey, Kenan Drake, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, and Austin Eckler. Just looking at the running back, if you can scroll down, Daigle, running backs mm-hmm. that are still available. Um. It's, I mean, Aaron Jones is obviously still there. Nick Chubb, each of those players has a few more questions this year compared to last year in terms of touches. But when we talk about so often this summer that the running back position dries up, Daigle, the running back position has dried up already, it seems like. And these are the two, along with Eckler sometimes, that continue to fall. It's Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. And I think everyone just fears uh, Nick Chubb not having a passing game role 
since it was Hunt who took that entirely by himself whenever he returned from week 10 on last year. Having said that, to get Nick Chubb as your RB2 at the end of the second round, which is what a lot of teams are doing, uh, you absolutely can't hate it. Well, you're on the clock here, Daigle. If you want to scroll up or go through which picks that you are considering right now, you have well, got to scroll down because I've got to see what I am considering. Um, I mean, names like Chris Godwin are there. Obviously, Nick Chubb is there. Are you, do you, are you firmly in the running back, running back camp? I kind of it's kind of the question here. And if you are, you get the last one here, Nick Chubb. I just usually roll with the punches. Uh, I was hoping Kittle or Hopkins fail, but they got picked the two picks directly before me. So I just discussed Chubb, and I'm going to take him because my next highest running back on the board would be either Austin, well, Austin Eckler was already selected. So maybe Chris Carson or Todd Gurley. And Muffin yeah. Okay. Gurley. So for the record, I would take Austin Eckler over Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Aaron Jones. Uh, and he does typically fall in that range, but right. he went before Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. So I'm fine taking Chubb. I don't mind Mahomes there. If you have Edwards Alaire, the thing is I prefer to play it with the quarterbacks that in the fourth or fifth spot. Yes. I would love to get either on the third pick, but I don't want to force the issue. I would rather just have them fall to me if that is the case. Hayden, this has kind of been the offseason of repetition, but something that we repeatedly say and want to hammer in the heads of all of our listeners is that even if you don't love Nick Chubb in totality, there is one, a lot of pieces to love in terms of his talent, but also you almost certainly will like the wide receivers there in rounds three and round four than the running backs that are there in rounds three and round four. Yeah, through the, the first two rounds, there's basically a top 14 running back list, and you can count them back at home. And Nick Chubb's right at the end of that. And in fact, he was the last, he was number 14 in this draft. So I thought he was the no-brainer decision for Daigle with Nick Chubb. And then on top of that, there's a top two tight ends with Kittle and Travis Kelsey. And then there's a top five consensus wide receivers. After you get to that point with those 14, five, and two players are off the board, it is anyone's guess on who's going to be up next. So that's kind of the decisions that we're making right now. But we're back to Daigle now. Right after Nick Chubb, it was Lamar Jackson, Amari Cooper, the likes of Mike Evans, and actually the person who has Lamar Jackson also stacked him with Mark Andrews. Daigle, you're back on the clock. I know you're not looking at running back anymore, but you have the likes of wide receivers and tight ends over the next four rounds that you can select from. Uh, I don't have really a strong preference when arguing between DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Adam Thielen, the list goes on and on. So I'm just going to see who comes back to me, and I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes to pair up wow. with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to start here. You love um, to see it. I will also say that in a redraft format, since we do have more redraft friends tuning in now that it's August and people have drafts coming up, I'm not looking at either Lamar or Mahomes in the first four rounds probably. Uh, you know, a single quarterback league, that's when you're playing late round quarterback and you're just going to let them fall and pick apart every other position. But again, this is a best ball draft. And thus, I think I get an advantage just by starting two Chiefs players and a strong RB2. Why do you love this, Hayden? Yeah, it's just pairing the entire Kansas City Chiefs offense. You basically just absorbed all of their touchdowns, and this is probably going to be the team that leads the league in scoring. So you have to love that. And I, I did a couple of research articles on when to draft each position. Uh, wide receivers, it's rounds three, four, five, six, and seven. And it looks like the way that our draft is setting up, that Daigle's probably going to be drafting the wide receivers right in this range, which is exactly what you want to do in, uh, in terms of a win rate perspective. 
I'm looking at the wide receiver tiers on our draft guide right now. Um, some names that were there, you mentioned Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen. Those are all names that are in our tier two of wide receivers. You know, I'm expecting a lot of these wide receivers to get selected, but Daigle, maybe you can get someone like Robert Woods. Maybe you can get someone like Terry McLaurin. And I know that Terry McLaurin might not scream as, you know, a true wide receiver one on your fantasy roster, but in this best ball format, when again, now in the next, again, four rounds, you can invest heavily in three wide receivers and a tight end or just four wide receivers in general. Hopefully you can get 10 plus points per week in this PPR format where probably wide receivers are the easiest points to come by in a league like this. And I think that DJ Shark, uh, McLaurin, as you mentioned, those are players that should be more in the wide receiver 16 to 18 range and compete to finish inside the top 12, as opposed to being listed as low-end wide receiver twos. So I'm fine rolling them out as my wide receiver ones. I mentioned our draft guide and season-long tools. The best way for you to check them out is to go to the all-new Rotorod Premium subscription package. It has the resources you need to dominate your fantasy leagues from drafts through the playoffs. Best of all, the subscriptions are not just one sport. They include football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Yes, you're getting all four sports here. And so as a listener of this, the Rotorod Football Podcast, you get $10 off any annual subscription to the Rotorod Premium section. To find your edge, visit rotorod.com slash edge using our promo code FBPOD10. That's fbpod ten at checkout. I mean, season-long tools, it's getting like a whole new mask, a whole new face to them over the last few years. Guys, I'm super proud of all the stuff that we've done this year with our draft guide, with the season-long tools as well. Again, I love the tiers. I love the cheat sheet. Um, I know if I'm doing a draft, I have my own cheat sheet in hand if I haven't uploaded my rankings and just mark off names that way as we go along. And again, if we're drafting by positions like we are here, the tiers section of the draft guide is extremely useful. All right, Diggle, let's scroll up for a second so I can see some of the picks that were off the board right after you, right after you took Patrick Mahomes, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen. I mean, what? There were seven straight wide receivers to go off the board. Then Todd Gurley and Antonio Brown. Um, AJ Brown. AJ Brown. I said Antonio Brown because he is on the brain. Um, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Tyler Lockett, so on and so forth. Um, Okay. Four picks until you're on the board, Daigle. Mm-hmm. What's going through your head? Scroll down to see any names that are at the top of your wish list right now. Uh, I kind of get in a conundrum in the fourth round when Mark Andrews and Zach or Zach Ertz are around. I think they're just hair and hair, just right there with each other. And I do like those top four tight ends a lot, having one of those. But if not, then we're going to wait a little bit. Having said that, wide receiver. I just talked about DJ Shark. He's right up there. And pretty much McLaurin. And those are the only two I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Little interest in Cooper Cup at this position. Uh, Keenan Allen will fall to the fifth round, I'm assuming, since he no longer, we assume, has a monopoly with the Chargers since it's a different quarterback completely than he's played with in his career. Uh, Down on Cortland Sutton, given Drew Locke's inefficiency, as well as the fact that Juwan James just got announced. He's opting out. Okay. So in that time, yeah, in that time where we were talking, Ertz and McLaurin, (laughs) Melvin Gordon and Jonathan Taylor went off the board, which is fine. Because like I said, I wanted Shark. I have Shark over McLaurin anyhow. Uh, 
8.2 targets per game through week 14 last year with Minshew. Finished the year as Minshew's leader in target share, nearly 20%. So to come back healthy with another year of development under his belt, I love, love Sharp. I think this is why I love doing these so much, Daigle, because Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the tiers right now. We have DJ Chark in a tier as a group behind someone like Terry McLaurin. Um, I know, Hayden, you have the outliers section up right now. Is Daigle the highest on DJ Chark among everyone on the staff? Yeah, he's he's the highest with along with Pat as like the wide receiver twenty, um, and that's right that's right in this group with Cortland Sutton and the rest of the guys we've been naming. That basically the this wide receiver two low end wide receiver two mix is really deep, and it's just kind of your preference. And I'm I like Chark as well. Um, I think the Jaguars offense is going to pass the ball a lot more. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think the Jaguars are like thirtieth or thirty first in neutral situation pass rate. And I expect that number to climb a little bit just with the uh, Jake Gruden coming in. And I think that they're, they've seen a little bit more of Gardner mentioned that they want to at least give him a, a shot out there. And I do prefer tier drafting personally as well. Uh, the guys we mentioned earlier, Josh Jacobs, Eckler, Aaron Jones, and Chubb, they're in a four-way title fight for RB2 themselves. And, you know, who am I to tell you? I have a preference, but if you have another preference because of the research you've done, like they're all in the same tier, just grab one. Like you're nitpicking at that point. I do have a question from your roster already. Since you did take Nick Chubb in round two, what's your thoughts on Kareem Hunt on your team at some point this this draft? Is it one that... Uh, there's no point because I already have half that backfield and there's no reason to have both aspects of it. Or is it someone who you're going to try to draft maybe around before he should? Uh, and re- maybe Hayden has a different opinion on this. In redraft, I'd be okay with it. In best ball, I'm looking to avoid it, especially yeah. because Kareem Hunt is not cheap. Kareem Hunt is in the fifth or sixth round usually now. So uh, that's that's high cost to play whenever you need one or the other situation to play out to maximize the ceiling of this team. Uh, because like, if not, you're just getting one or the other. You're not starting both, most likely. Yeah, the, the bigger your um, competitors are, like, so like if you're in a tournament league and you're trying to get first out of a thousand, you do not want to be doing this. And when there's when you're only trying to get first out of twelve uh, teammates here, I think it's okay. David, you're on the clock. Yep. I saw some running back names like David Montgomery's on the board, DeAndre Swift's on the board, but at wide receiver you have Keen Allen at tight end. I don't know if you want to go. Darren Waller, someone like that. But where are you looking with 37 seconds left? Terrific question, Josh. Uh, (laughs) DeAndre Swift is still there. See, if I didn't have Chubb, this was where I would draft Hunt. Yeah. We're about to force a wide receiver, aren't we? Look, Cortland Sutton, again, on our wide receiver tiers. Mm -hmm. I know this is as a group. He's at wide receiver 17 for us right now. T.Y. Hilton, Diggle. Actually, was I was leaning towards T.Y. Hilton. Why? Uh, you, know what? you know what? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little contrarian. I'm gonna go Stephon Diggs. Uh, I know this is usually like this is typically where people are still fading him, but given the circumstances, we talked about this last week. That you know maybe there's not a full season, and uh, maybe they play six, seven games, and Josh Allen is the only quarterback to play the Jets defense that just lost C.J. Mosley, who opted out that just traded Jamal Adams two times within the first seven weeks. So let's just uh, let's just get a good offensive piece here. I needed the receiver. I do like T.Y. Hilton a lot, Hayden. I really do. But we'll go digs here. All right. So, Hayden, I've, we had a, such a short intro that I forgot to mention this. 
we are here basically as the stouts in the room just have ideas bounced off of us in a one minute time frame. Not a lot of time for discussion here. At the end, this is John Daigle's team. So let's eliminate John Daigle from this room right now and say that Stefan Diggs was just drafted over the likes of Cooper Cup, Will Fuller, Keenan Allen. What would your mind say on that hate winks? Well, with T.Y. Hilton, first off, I think that we can expect the Colts to uh, pass the ball more often than they did last year. I think last uh, last year they were 31st in neutral situation pass rate, probably because the, the offense didn't have much faith in Jacoby Brissett, especially when T.Y. Hilton was off the field. With Phillip Rivers, yes, he might be com- uh, a little bit washed, but he's still an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. And Phillip Rivers is more prone to be throwing the ball downfield, where, of course, T.Y. Hilton has been so successful over the years. So I think there's a little bit of a bounce-back opportunity with T.Y. Hilton, and even if there wasn't, he's still the clear-cut number one target on its offense that we've all kind of been hinting at, thinking that the team just might be pretty good overall this year. You don't really have one of those high-variance types, Daigle. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing likes of Marquise Brown, obviously Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup even, going a little bit after Stefan Diggs. What, what's interesting to me is Stefan Diggs with Kirk Cousins last year led the league in 20-plus yard touchdowns. We know that Josh Allen likes to throw downfield. Josh Allen isn't good at throwing downfield right now. He obviously has the arm for it. But if he does rein that in just a little bit, like if he improves in that one area this offseason, Daigle – this idea that Stefan Diggs is not a good match for Josh Allen goes like completely out the window. And it could be a very, very great duo for fantasy football purposes. Agree. And like we just said, the they basically signed the Colts corners in the offseason. The Colts corners who were cut because they were not good. So how about we just attack the Jets defense who they play twice in the first seven weeks? Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I love Diggs. It, it comes down to, again, to preference between Cooper Cup Keenan Allen. The other guys went pretty early, honestly. I do love Will Fuller, Marquise Brown. You don't, you, you just usually don't see them go ahead of Cortland Sutton and that group. So well, I was never getting those players anyways because I would never reach for those guys in this position. There's about three picks until you are on the clock. Again, you have t- your two running backs, which those are almost certainly, unless something horrific happens, your two starters, your quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes, who is going to be your starter. Then you have DJ Chark and Stephon Diggs as two of your three wide receivers. But again, it is a basketball format, so you don't pick them each and every week. I was looking at Darren Waller or Evan Ingram in this spot, but they didn't. Go, they just fell, so I'm not going to have them. There are three spots, and T.Y. Hilton is still on the board. But saying his name, I just jinxed it most likely. So I'm, <laughs> I'm prepping for a backup plan, which is take David Montgomery's touches. Okay. Which I don't hate, to be honest. I'm done. With, I'm pretty much done looking at tight end for the time being. Now's where we can. I know Hayden likes Higby, but now's where we can wait it out. Well, Devontae Parker is still up there as well after his breakout. I'm not gonna, oh, wait, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just bringing him up because, again, he's – um, in our tier five of wide receivers. Um, but then, I mean, tier six is when it gets interesting. I mentioned the likes of Will Fuller and Marquise Brown, who are off the board, and Michael Gallup. Then you have names like A.J. Green and, and Jarvis Landry. And, you know, Jarvis Landry's hip injury is st- still seems like it's a question mark right now. So where are you going, Daigle? So I'm not a big Parker guy. Sorry to cut you off there. I should have let you. Oh, you're good. First. He, went, he um, went one pick ahead of you anyway. So He did. However, I'm still passing on him. I don't think we give Preston Williams enough credit for being uh, at least 
compared to Devontae Parker, a very good player who should not have been undrafted. I know we cite him as undrafted. He should not have been, though. It was character issues. He played really well as a rookie year, fought into the starting lineup, and proved himself before an ACL injury. So I love Preston Williams down on Devontae Parker, especially since Preston Williams led him in targets until he went down. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I think, is falling. That's who I just grabbed, by the way. I think he's falling because he recently got put on the inactive list, the NFI list, for tweaking a muscle during training. However, it is still early enough, you know, we're drafting this in the beginning of August, that I'm not too worried about that. Not too worried about the COVID list uh, outside of a few minor cases for these players. Now, in three weeks, if like T.Y. Hilton is still not training, then I think we can be concerned. But right now, T.Y. Hilton still projects well, and I think he has a lot of upside in this offense still. I think beat reporters were kind of optimistic that he's going to be removed from that list pretty early. So, um, like you said, we have a month before uh, the season starts. Um, if that's lingering, that's definitely an issue. This is going to be a season where I think we're going to have a lot more injuries, soft tissue in particular, just because players haven't been as active as they were previously. All three of the wide receivers you selected uh, are from our tier five list on our draft guide from our wide receiver tiers. Uh, Daigle, I know you've constantly uh, mentioned and advocated for not filling out your starting lineups when drafting this summer. You know, you don't have to take in your first six selections, two running backs, one quarterback, three wide receivers. I think it though, it just worked out for you so far. Yep. Again, I don't really try to. I just kind of go with the punches, see what falls to me. And in this case, that's what's happened. I'm on the clock right now. I'm looking. The running backs, I can wait a little bit longer on the guys. Guys at the top of the list are like Darius Geis, Garyon Johnson, Ronald Jones, etc. There is Hayden Hurst and Higby here. Don't get me started. And I like some of these wide receivers, though. Marvin Jones, uh, Edelman. I like both of those guys. Uh, Edelman. Absolutely. I, I feel like Julian Edelman should be the selection. Um, he's someone who, when healthy, I think puts up a thousand yards. And Cam Newton, to me, I understand this offseason. I understand the shorter questions, but Julian Edelman is currently the only proven wide receiver option and now even tied in option on that team right now. So uh, I can't take Edelman and good. Call. All right. Gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, this is good because like we're seeing, we're seeing now who we disagree on vehemently. And uh, I think, I don't know if Tyler Higby is a value in the seventh round. He may have been overdrafted in the seventh round, but I think I'm better off getting a tight end here, Higby or Hayden Hurst in particular, than I would be drafting Edelman as my wide receiver four. I'm just very down uh, coming off injury, 34 years old, playing with Cam Newton, uh, Muhammad Sanu still back healthy as well. And, and kill Harry back in the offense as well. I don't know. I mean, you're mentioning all question marks except for Julian Edelman, but I understand. I this, like is Edelman, draft. this is not my draft. Edelman's a question mark as well, though. Okay. Uh, Hayden, since you have this pulled up to your right, who is the highest of all of us on Julian Edelman? I give you a second to look it up. Um, if it's me, I'm just walking. No, it, it's Rotopat and then yourself. And then afterwards, me and Daigle have him as the wide receiver 35. All okay. of us are kind of in that uh, low-end wide receiver three flex options. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm fine with him. I'm not, like, going out of my way to draft him, but he was, like, top 10 in usage last year. So I don't think we should expect quite that much production, but I think wide receiver three, yeah, that's that would be perfectly fine with me. 
Yeah, and he would have been your wide receiver four. Imagine that. Uh, you did take Tyler Higby instead. Um, I'll pivot over to Hayden for this though, because I think he is big. He is Tyler Higby's biggest advocate this offseason. Yeah, uh, when you're talking about elite production over a, I, I mean it's a small sample, but we're talking about like like not just like getting lucky. Like he was posting a hundred yards. He's a positive touchdown regression candidate. And if you look at the contract situation between him and Gerald Everett, they paid Higby. And if even if you go back to Week One of 20. 19 when everyone says Everett was a starter that's not the case Tyler Higby was a starter seeing more snaps seeing more targets seeing more production in week one same thing going into week two and then he gets hurt ends up going to the hospital misses some time and that's when Gerald Gerald Everett starts to come in Uh, so I think that Tyler Higby is going to be the guy I think there's going to be a lot of targets I think that he has a chance to be like the tight end three tight end four overall if things align his way. But with, I agree with everybody. Gerald Everett is still a value at where he's being drafted. And like basically the last round, I'm perfectly fine with uh, drafting both of them, not in the same team, but in separate teams, I'm going to be overweight on both players. You even mentioned Hayden Hurst right there, Daigle. I mean, what a climb for Hayden Hurst this offseason, and nothing's even happened. Uh, he started off like around that tight end 12, tight end 14 mark, and now he's being discussed in round seven or round eight. I think everyone just believes, and I know you didn't take him, but believes that he is of close to talent of Austin Hooper, and that that offense is just so incredibly narrow that we know the pieces, that if he plays 16 games, he's going to get a ton of volume. Yes, and we've discussed this last week, I think, as well. But I'll say it again because I am a man with only so many thoughts. Uh, once Tyler Hoop, once Austin Hooper was out of the lineup three games last year, Jaden Graham ran the seventh most routes for the Falcons at that position. And it won't be Jaden Graham running those routes. It will be Hayden Hurst. Again, not sure if that leads to production, but he's going to be on the field. And at the tight end position, as a guy we're looking to uh, entrench himself into the top 12, that's what you need. And again, we laugh at Hayden Hurst because, uh, you know, he was an early draft pick for the Ravens. He hasn't amounted to much in the league, and he's also old. But it's only two years ago, three years ago, I guess, when he was in college at South Carolina, and he set all school records as a receiving threat. Like, that is his game, is having receiving chops. And so the, the Ravens didn't use him as much because Mark Andrews obviously outplayed him as a better player, but there's opportunity here. And that's all I care about. A couple names and Hayden Hurst just went off the board here in the mid part of round eight, a couple names just went off and were drafted in Debo Samuel at the end of the seventh round. Uh, I would not draft Debo Samuel in any format right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about you guys. And then Jalen Rager went in the second pick of the eighth round. We've talked about Jalen Rager a lot. Hayden, this is the portion of the draft that you go and get the guys that you want to go get. And if I was sitting in Hayden's in, in Daigle's position right now um, with the fourth to last pick in the eighth round, someone like Henry Ruggs's name would stand out to me. Yeah, I would be forcing a running back or a receiver here, most likely a wide receiver, unless there's somebody that you really liked at running back, just because your roster construction, having only three guys through, uh, what, seven or eight picks, um, I would rather go with the fourth receiver personally. But it depends who's there. Yeah, John Dago, you're back on the clock. Where are you going? Uh, So receiver, I would probably get one on the comeback. I still like a few of these guys. CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Darius Slayton, James Crowder. You name you also named Henry Ruggs. Um, however, at this spot, I am leaning a running back. 
And it's a toss-up between the Miami running backs and Brita and Jordan Howard. And I think I'm actually leaning Jordan Howard in this particular case. We've talked we've talked a lot about Brita, and I like Brita a lot as well. But I mean, honestly, since I play in a lot of best ball leagues, I'm just kind of I'm kind of splitting the difference here. But Brita, he does have a concern because the passing role might not be his. He is an electric running back. I understand. He it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't play over Patrick Laird, who led that team with 175 routes run last year. But again, uh, that is the downside in Brita. So I'll just take Jordan Howard in this case. Hayden, this might be the only draft I'm involved in this offseason that Jordan Howard is selected. You're crazy. I I can say the same thing. I've never drafted him. Right. I don't even know where I have him ranked. It's probably <laughs> like in the 50s. I I there's just he just falls into a, a bracket where I'm like, Why? what's the upside? But in a best ball, if you're looking for, I, he'll have some weeks for you. That's, I mean, that's what's the upside is he farts inside the five yard line and gets 10 touchdowns. Like it won't be sexy. I understand that. But the upside is he stumbles in as the team's only goal, goal line runner. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the uh, running back area where it, none of oh, these guys point. are pretty. Like it's just, you have to draft the, like one or two of these guys no matter what. So, I can't hate it on too much. Yeah, on some level, I do find it hilarious, though, that I was mentioning, hey, this is the area of the draft where you find your guys, and John Daigle takes that to go and draft Jordan Howard. So, (laughs) (laughs) You and apparently like every single coach that has ever added him to his roster because he is beloved by the cocoon. Um, Okay, you mentioned being back on wide receivers. Some went after you and Jamison Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders, Darius Slayton, C.D. Lamb. Daigle, one pick before you. So which are your two top wide receivers right now? I would like to complete the Chiefs stack with Nicole Hardman. Yep. Who will not open with a role, I don't think. But the upside is he is a wide receiver two overall because his talent forces a role. Uh, Blair Andrews for Rotoviz does a lot of good work on second-year wide receivers in particular and how they emerge. And it basically comes down to efficiency – earning a higher target share in year two. And there was no one more efficient than Nicole Hardman. Also, no one got talked about on this podcast more throughout the offseason than Nicole Hardman. And so even if he does open behind Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, which I don't think will be the case, he will force the issue. Hmm. I like it. I mean, we finally have a real high variance player on this roster, which You know, if the trope of I like him more in best ball ever pops up, it's probably for someone like me, Cole Hardman. I still would have gone with Henry Ruggs because I think he still offers you that high variance upside. And Hayden, I would not be shocked in the least. In fact, I kind of almost expect it as we go along that Henry Ruggs leads all Raiders receivers and touches this off uh, this season. Yep. And I think we give. I uh, I understand. Sorry. I understand wanting to complete the stack here. Yeah, certainly the the stack is a good good call here. Uh, going back to Henry Ruggs, I, I think like there's reasons to like not like Derek Carr as a quarterback, but he is accurate at least. And I think that they're the Raiders are going to be trying to funnel some targets to Henry Ruggs, and he's just so explosive. And I think people aren't giving him enough credit as being a well rounded receiver. People just think he's some deep threat that has four three speed, which he can do that. But he was very good uh, on slants, out routes, in routes, and I think that where he's going to probably catch more passes than most people think. Daigle, you also in previous picks, again, took the likes of Stefan Diggs. You took the likes of T.Y. Hilton and D.J. Chark. Does that mean you also want to, as your quarterback too, get one of those 
three that they're associated to. I mean, Josh Allen, you can't because he's already off the board. But I guess with Rivers and Hilton and Chark and Gardner Minshew, are those possibilities? Gardner Minshew and Teddy Bridgewater are two of my favorite late round quarterbacks anyhow, along with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, yes, uh, no matter who I draft, whether it be Lamar Mahomes or just wait for longer like Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, etc. I usually try to grab Bridgewater or Minshew or both in every case because I think they have passed to surprisingly finishing inside the top 12. Could you scroll back up? I want to take a look at some of these teams that other people have been drafting in your league. Uh, One stands out to me, well, two, uh, all the way at the end. Um, The 110 started off with Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Juju Smith-Schuster, and ended up with the three running backs of Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis, and Tevin Coleman. Uh, The other at 112, they go, yep, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and then A.J. Brown in three of the first four selections ended up with the three running backs of Todd Gurley, DeAndre Swift, and Raheem Mostert. I am much more into that 112, Hayden, than I am that 110. Yeah. uh, Can we talk about Raheem Mostert for a second? First of all, I am going to plug my Kyle Shanahan's backfield history column that I just wrote. Go on Rotoworld and read that. But I was expecting Raheem Mostert's ADP to go climbing, and he was a six-round pick here that's not exactly climbing yet so i think he's still an okay pick if he goes in the fourth round and stuff that's too early but raheem Mostert in the sixth round i i cannot complain about that at all walmart plus members save on meeting up with friends save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups that's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier plus members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. And Dago, the reason I wanted to bring up those names, I also want to bring up the 105 here who started off with Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, and Devontae Parker with five of the first six selections. The running backs, the only ones on the roster, Jonathan Taylor and Philip Lindsay, because a lot of people out there talk about zero running back or modified zero RB, whatever. And, you know, so often this offseason, we've talked about, um, you know, needing and feeling better about and more confident about your drafts with running back, running back to start. Well, those three that we mentioned did not do it. So it's also interesting. It's always interesting to me to see how those drafts are unfolding when that happens. So a little frustration for you, Dago. Why? Daryl Henderson got drafted at the end. <laughs> I thought I could. I thought I was going to get her. This is this is the longest running gag in Roto World history. It's not a gag. John. I mean, at some point, you're just going to come out and be like, "I am just playing this up." It's your acting background. It's your musical background, Daigle. You and Daryl Henderson, because I just I don't get it. But 
Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, in my opinion, are two Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. It is the same situation. So I'm just grabbing someone who I think is going to get a handful of starts and surprise in a few games and the late rounds and in best ball in particular, I don't need to worry about when to start and sit him. He's going to start when he has a high scoring game. Uh, okay. So I was looking at this as we were talking and okay. First of all, Matt Breida just went off the board, right? Uh, I was going to add him too. Okay. So we see a lot of running backs here. Latavius Murray, Sonny Michelle, I'm out on at this range. I'm, I am legitimately worried about the foot injury and him starting on the pup list and opening the door for Damian Harris in the first six weeks. Tony Pollard, I don't think, has a role barring a Zeke injury, but Zeke has never missed a game going back to college, so he is an Iron Man. Uh, I do think Zach Moss, however, has a role, and I'm tacking him on right here, right now, because... Not only do I believe he will open as a pass catching back for, yes, Josh Allen doesn't throw to running backs often, but that role alone mixed in with a Jordan Howard-like touchdown role, both of you uh, should get Moss on the field more and perhaps win him the spot over Singletary. You know, so often when you look at drafts, those first six or so rounds, you can somewhat predict. Uh, Dago, if you scroll up, um, your so, I'm not to cut you off before the record. I know you're gonna you're getting angry that this scrolls down, but just to let you know, this scrolls down every time someone makes a pick. It's not me. Um, no, I'm not getting angry at all. Okay. What I was just gonna say is six rounds, you can kind of predict what type of players are gonna go off the board. Uh for you though, in these last three rounds, your Jordan Howard, Miko Hardman, and Zach Moss selections. Quite surprising. I mean, th- those are kind of your identity right now as a drafter, as one as players you're prioritizing. I know it's kind of based on the t- this team that you're making right now, but those are telling to me. I like Nicole and Moss a lot. I don't. Please don't identify myself with Jordan Howard, though. That was just a pick. He, did it. he, he did fell it for yourself. Yeah, but I was hoping Coleman fell. Uh, wait, hold on. Did, did Tevin Coleman? Did I miss Tevin Coleman? No, he went before. There okay. Thank you. Okay, I must say because Coleman was the guy I really wanted. He's the one I'm drafting everywhere. And Daryl Henderson, but he, Tevin Coleman did not fall. So, yeah. Okay, we are now here in round eleven. Daigle, about one pick right ahead of you. Again, you still only have four wide receivers, including one who you said yourself in Miko Hardman might not have an early season role. So, I am kind of surprised that we have not gone after that position even more so far. What about Preston Williams? You're talking him up earlier uh, with Devontae Parker. He's on the board. I'm also looking at wide receiver. So running back is that group of Madison, Murray, and Pollard. The thing is Madison has lost the lust because Dalvin Cook, all signs point to him signing an extension before the season. So he'll be back. Austin Hooper and Jasicki are here. Oh, I can't have Austin Hooper. They have both have week nine buys. Okay. Well, you got to talk because you're on the clock. Yep. Uh, and it's a podcast. Yep. That's, this is all true. <laughs> I'm thinking. Um, okay. So I'm going to go, uh, in this case, Curtis Samuel over this group. Nope. I'm going Preston Williams. There we go. 
Preston Williams, fan of the show, was joining us during Super Bowl week. Had nothing to promote. He just wanted to join us out of the kindness of his hearts. So I really appreciate it. Uh, Hayden, he was a baller at Colorado State, went undrafted. Like, like Daigle said, we really shouldn't hold that against him because his talent outweighed that. His connection with Josh Rosen, his connection with Ryan Fitzpatrick was uh, Fitzpatrick was outstanding. Um, I mean, he should open as the team's number two wide receiver, if healthy this, this year. Uh, and if he comes back from that injury from last year. Yeah. I think he's a clear cut number two. There's no, nobody really pressing him behind him. So I think that you're at least getting uh, a decent amount of targets per week and downfield targets. And that's perfect for the format that we're in here. And there's a chance that he becomes the wide receiver one. If things break his way later in the year, I'm not expecting that to happen, but that's within his range of outcomes. So for the 11th round and as your wide receiver five, I think it's a great pick. And legend has it, he said, I was dressed better than Josh. Having said that, there's a little caveat that I was actually wearing Josh's shirt that day, and that's a story for another time. You were literally wearing my clothes. Um, I, I was wearing, I had my own pants on. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's definitely true. Uh, a few names that have also gone off the board in this area right after Daigle, Alexander Madison, Ben Roethlisberger, Keyshawn Vaughn. Latavius Murray. I mean, of those backs that you mentioned, you mentioned Latavius, you mentioned Tony Pollard. I would throw out one of Hayden's favorites and Chase Edmonds as a player I'm targeting. Uh, Ryquel Armstead, AJ Dillon. I think all those names offer something here in this format. I mean, this season we can expect the unexpected in some ways that players are going to miss time for maybe more reasons than ever this year, right? And I never, at least in, in typical season long, advocate for drafting players who don't have uh, individual like standalone value. Um, and a lot of these quote unquote players that handcuffs as they um, might be called aren't. And in previous years wouldn't have had as much upside because you just keep them on your roster for so long and, and offer absolutely nothing. But I would actually be more comfortable drafting them than usual this year. Hayden, would you agree with that? Yeah, big time. You're going to want more handcuffs or RB insurance is what we should be saying now uh, than usual, just because, like like you said, they're going to they're going to start more games this year. And um, any, anybody can test positive and miss games from coronavirus. But the running back, the starting running back, if he does it, the backup running back gets the clear cut targets. If Julio Jones misses time, Russell Gage is not a wide receiver, too. But if Todd Gurley misses time, then we could be looking at someone like Ryan Hill being an RB, two. You guys have been on the news blurbs quite a bit over the last week or so with, you know, Tom Pelser reporting endlessly about the CBA agreement. A fascinating element that popped up was that teams can, you know, shift players from the practice squad up to 90 minutes before game time and don't even have to talk to the league about it. I mean, there's going to be some Sunday morning, I mean, craziness, madness happening across the leagues this season. And we're going to see someone like, you know, Anthony McFarlane standing there and have like legitimate top 10 running back upside and not know that until like 90 minutes before the game starts. So. Having said that, it gives you and your league mates an opportunity now that the rule is set to uh, adjust to always have waivers open until Sunday morning, 90 minutes before kickoff or just start setting rules. So because at least that's set in stone. The people that are going to be paying the most attention are have the biggest advantage this Absolutely. year, more so than ever. So um, I think that getting waivers and making sure that you can't just like pick somebody up on Friday while your league mates are working, I would set waivers as much as you can just because the one person that is just sitting there grinding is just going to pick up everybody. Dega, we're here in round 12. 
Chase Edmonds just went off the board. Uh, please take Deshaun Jackson here. Uh, Deshaun Jackson still available? Is he? Is he I not? Th- I don't think so. I think because oh, okay. I was looking for him earlier. Um, oh no, he went a few rounds earlier. Okay, that's my mistake. I no, thought no, no, it's, it's okay. I didn't see his name. Um, who is uh, you mentioned Curtis Samuel still on there? Someone that you were thinking about last time. Janu Smith, I think, has a real chance to break out as an athlete who is in a full time role and who is already one of the best yards after catch uh, options in the NFL. And you know, unless the game script stays exactly the same as it was last year, the Titans should throw more often this year. Yeah, we have to get a backup tight end or backup quarterback here. Or tight both. Or I, both. I, I, would, I would prefer someone like Jonu Smith and then come back with one of those five or six quarterbacks that are kind of in the same tier. Okay, so I'm going to take Blake Jarwin over Jonu Smith. <laughs> you just <laughs> – you just should fire me from your scouting room. Yeah, no, no, no. This is how scouting works, though. You do all this work, and then the GM says, sorry, bud. I'm glad you got your case in because I, I do like Johnny Smith a lot. I just like Blake Jarwin better. I think Blake Jarwin has a better opportunity. Like The Cowboys only extended two players this offseason, and Jarwin was one of them, and they gave him a four-year deal despite never being a starter behind Jason Witten in his career. But as we've mentioned in the past, over 11 yards per catch the past two seasons, just a super explosive young receiving threat. And now we'll have every opportunity to be himself in that offense. So yeah, I, I love Blake Jarwin this year. All right. Just want to remind everyone out there that uh, the Rotor World season long tools and specifically the draft guide has Johnny Smith as our tight end 17 and Blake Jarwin as our tight end 19. Uh, but Dago doesn't seem to even be following our own premium products this time, which I, I understand you don't have to. Daigle, but for everyone else out there, if you want to get $10 off again at checkout, use promo code FBPOD10 um, and you get access to football, baseball, basketball, hockey, all that good stuff. Uh, are you back on the clock now, Daigle? Yeah. So the question is do you think Garoppolo or Men- Menchu comes back, right? Yes. I think so, so right now on the board for everyone, Baker, Burrow, Tannehill, Goff, Bridgewater, Cousins, Garoppolo, and Minshew. Get a wide receiver, literally. Well, I was actually thinking about fifth, your fourth and fifth wide receivers are Michael Harden and Preston Williams right now. We got room. I was thinking about, uh, oh, you know what? Oh, yeah. What if I go uh, Paris Campbell? Then I can get Rivers on the comeback, too. You got 10 seconds. I'm going Paris Campbell over Michael Pittman, who I'm a little bit down on. Tell us why. Well, I prefer Paris Campbell in the offense. I think he has a safer floor from Rivers. And if Hilton is the one, so Pittman is the one they said they're going to put in the X role, which is means they're going to leave him on an island. Not to say he can't lead his class in touchdowns with that role, but I think it's Hilton who has more upside. And I don't think it helps to have Hilton and Pittman. I think it's Campbell you want with either of those players since he's guaranteed the slot role, and he's a better athlete than both. Caden? Yeah, I I don't really have a strong preference between Campbell and Pittman. Um, I do think that you want pieces of the Colts' offense, though, and that this is a good price tag. Like I I said before, I think we think the offensive line is a top-five unit. I think Phillip Rivers is a notable upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. We like the front office. We like the head coach. It's just about putting it all together, and I think that uh, the market has not fully adjusted to what this uh, Colts' offense could be. I would not force a stack with Philip Rivers, though. Like, I know we want 
piece of this Colts offense. And I'm with you on Paris Campbell and, you know, how much Rivers has targeted slot wide receivers in his past. And Paris Campbell can be that piece for Frank Reich to win after the catch. It seems like every single NFL head coach wants one of those in the NFL right now. But there are other pieces that you can sack if you want to, or just, I think, have a quarterback that is in a better situation to start the season like Jimmy Garoppolo if he comes back. I agree. I'm looking at the players left because we have four running backs right now. Four? Yeah. Edwards Lair, Chubb, Jordan Howard, and Zach Moss. So we obviously need to add some insurance. We'll probably have seven running backs on this roster. Hmm. Really? That's that's more than I I ever do. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, it depends if you sacrifice. So I'm likely we're gonna see what tight ends come back. Oh, I'm probably already sacrificing tight end. I can already. Why, why, yeah, I mean, why go with another tight end when you already have two? Well, so the way drafters works in particular, it's the usual build I go is three seven seven three. Um, you don't have to do that, but if you get if you get a uh, six or eight in running back or wide receiver, that means you're likely sacrificing from quarterbacks with two or tight ends with two. But I prefer three tight ends, especially if we're unsure. Hayden's not sure, but if I'm no, unsure, we need three tight ends. I don't care if we have Higby. We need three tight ends. I'm okay, not, I'm okay, not, that, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, right. just to ensure Tyler Higby. I, feel like I, I would. Three tight ends. If if I were you, I would go six running backs, eight receivers, just because of how we operated through the first seven rounds of our team. We're stronger at running back, even though we're top heavy. We are still stronger at running back, um, and I, I like keeping three tight ends, three quarterbacks, basically in every draft, hmm. and I just basically flip flop between quarterback or. Uh, running back and receiver, which basically whichever uh, position I was drafting earlier, I'll take less of those players overall. So if the math is correct, three, seven, seven, three, there are 20 rounds on drafters. Correct. Yes. Okay. Got it. Because I know underground and these other like underground is 18 rounds, I believe. So it, it that that's why I was saying six running backs um, and just two tight ends. All right. What upside players are left? Dago, I saw like at running back, someone like AJ Dillon is available. Um, I mean, it'll get dicey towards the end. Okay. It'll get dicey towards the end of drafts at a lot of these positions, namely at running back and wide receiver. Um, Is anyone catching your eye right now? Still fairly early. I like Jarrett McKinnon still in the 49ers offense. Uh, Darrington Evans, you can grab. Reichwell Armstead. Reichwell Armstead's up there. Lynn Bowden apparently has been being used at both running back and quarterback in that offense so far. Well, I mean, let's just eliminate this <laughs> before even that gets started. This, no, this is the first time I've heard about that, and that's already making me irate. We hear enough about what running backs also playing wide receiver. A running back is not also going to play quarterback. This isn't Chan Gailey or whoever else you know, trotting out running backs. At, Wildcat is not coming back, Daigle. It's not. We need to s- never mention that ever again in this podcast. I They're going to use the 222 personnel set with two quarterbacks, two tight ends, two running backs, and just Henry Ruggs. I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable that that is already a little storyline this offseason when we have nothing to talk about. All right. Uh, Daigle favorite, Chris Herndon, is the last, like, viable tight end i believe that i want and so i will be going i'm on the clock in another draft apparently i'll be going him 
So now we have Higby, Jarwin, and Herndon. We are absolutely done at that position. Those are three guys I like. I do, I do like that tight end trio. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling a little bit better. I think that might have been your best pick in the last four or five rounds, Daigle. So well, I disagree with you. So I know. <laughs> That's the point of it. We're gonna have to do a quarterback, though. Um, there's still a few good ones left. Mayfield, Tannehill, Cousins, Minshew, Rivers, who we like, or who we're gonna draft, most likely, even though Josh said no. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to do two or three because on the comeback, they will likely be gone. Rivers may hang around, but Minshew will definitely not. I think you nailed quarterback. I mean, we, we drafted Patrick Mahomes, and then you just wait, 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 wait. And, yep. the, I mean, quarterback goes 27-28 uh, deep this year. I'm, Gardner Minshew is a top 20 quarterback. I mean, like probably the 20th ranked quarterback. Um, but he goes very, very late. So I think if you just went Patrick Mahomes, Gardner Minshew – you'd be in a good spot because basically if you, if Pat, if Patrick Mahomes misses time and he was your third round pick, you're looking pretty dusty to win this no matter what. anyways. So I think you kind of have to go into your drafts, assuming you're right on these first three picks and then go from there. You won't be getting Baker Mayfield. He, he just came off the board, but Hayden, let me ask you this. Some names, uh, could you scroll up for a second? Yep. Stagel? Some names like Joe Burrow and Teddy Bridgewater went ahead of Baker Mayfield. Uh, that's a little bit of shade. Don't you think Hayden? Uh, not for Joe Burrow. I'm the probably the highest on Joe Burrow just because the passing volumes there, and I believe in the talent around him. Not necessarily the offensive line, but the wide receiver talent. They're going to play with pace. They're going to throw the ball a lot. So I like Joe Burrow as a quarterback too this year. Baker Mayfield's like I'm fine with. I just I'm worried about that the passing volume is not going to be be there for him. I'm very confident that Joe Burrow is going to throw the ball a lot more than Baker Mayfield this year. So I'll be following that a little bit. Yeah, I was looking at your column on neutral uh excuse me passing percentages in neutral game scripts um that is not kevin stefanski's favorite thing to do correct like he adamantly likes to run the football in those situations yeah the vikings were uh, among the bottom five teams basically no matter how you slice it up with their pass run splits um they're going to run the ball a lot especially if the defense is could be decent this year in Cleveland and the offensive line is so strong. I think we're going to see 300 carries out of Nick Chubb and then a lot of play action passes for Baker Mayfield, which is good news for Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry overall. But I'm not sure if Baker Mayfield is going to reach a ceiling. Well, Dago, you said a lot of quarterbacks would be available on the clock. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, and Sam Darnold went in those six selections after you. So who are you going to take now? Well, we got our guy. We already have Sharp. Uh, I have mentioned Minshew. The QB 10 overall through the first nine games because of his rushing floor before he was benched for Nick Foles last year. So he is someone I am fine with. Well, I love in this situation behind Mahomes, but in general, in redraft leagues, I'm actually okay with you just opening up with one quarterback late and just starting him in week one and moving forward with him. Uh, and then addressing the rest of your roster until that point. The Jaguars have the fourth easiest projected passing schedule this year. And given their defic- their lack of talent on defense, we know they're going to be forced to throw a lot. And ideally in this situation, I'm hoping LaVisca Schnault comes back as well for a double stack. Also because LaVisca, as talented as he is, I think he's one of the better rookies to, to leave every single draft with. I have a theory on Gardner Minshew. I think when most fantasy analysts were doing their rankings a couple of months back, Cam Newton was still a free agent, and the threat was that Gardner Minshew was going to lose his job to Cam Newton. Mm. But nobody moved Gardner Minshew up up uh, their rankings when Cam Newton was signed, and that was the big threat and why he was the 28th quarterback initially 
if you just look at last year's numbers, he would be nowhere near that. That's why I have him all the way up as my quarterback 20 overall, just because people haven't moved him up following the Cam Newton signing, which was the actual threat. Well, Hayden, this is where you separate yourself. And Daigle, this is where you separate yourself. Mm-hmm. Because now we're in what round? What are we, Daigle? We are in round 15. We're in round 15. So round 16 will be your next pick. Um, are you going to go upside? Are you going to go players like Cole Beasley? someone who might get some volume, Larry Fitzgerald, someone like that. Uh, where's your mindset in these later rounds when you're drafting a 20-player fantasy draft? We still have running backs. Uh, I've heard arguments for both, six and seven. But either way, we still have only four. So that is clearly being addressed. And then uh, it just depends on your roster. So in this case, I like our receivers a lot, actually. So – I'll probably take a flyer at wide receiver for my seventh uh, or eighth, but I'm not looking for really a floor in this case. I'm literally just swinging for the fences. So even someone like Antonio Brown, even if he's not guaranteed the first eight games, I don't care because he's going to show up after that with Seattle or Washington or Baltimore and then become a wide receiver one just by showing up. Uh, Let's see. Randall Cobb in case of injury. I mean, like, Okay, we're going to push back here a little bit, all right? Because you say you really like your wide receivers Mm -hmm. and, you know, you haven't been taking swings or you don't need to take a swing. I feel like you've just been taking swings with your last three wide receivers. I mean, that's what Mikkel Hardman, Preston Williams, and Paris Campbell are, aren't they? I don't consider Hardman and Campbell a swing. I don't consider Williams. The Williams is only a swing because of the injury. But apparently he's fully cleared, whatever that means. I'm hoping it means he's fully healthy. But I don't think Hardman and Campbell are swings at all. I think they're just forgotten men. Got it. Okay. I think that we're about 10 days away from Josh Gordon signing with the Seahawks. That's that's what I think is going to happen. Here's the thing about Josh Gordon signing with the Seahawks, that Josh Gordon wasn't good with the Seahawks last year. and we have, we have to stop that hype. It's incredible people are getting excited about that. As someone who owns Gordon in a lot of dynasty leagues, I can tell you it's not fun. Like, don't don't roster him at all. Avoid it and go more uh, Lockett and Metcalf if Gordon signs, because those are the only two players that matter. He had a, a couple notable catches, like in crucial moments, but none of them were for high fantasy weeks. It actually, it felt like that. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if, if I'm remembering correctly from last season, um, that's how it went down. Let's talk about a few names that have come off the board since then. I mean, we've mentioned Anthony McFarlane, Laveshka Chenault, Joshua Kelly is even going off in round 15 at the moment. Uh, James Washington just went off in round 16. Jay Sternberger. I mean, a lot of your office leagues are not going to go this deep, but these are also players that in your redraft leagues might be quick ads during week one or before week one of the NFL season. You know, last year, like John Ross and Terry McLaurin were two players who, you know, were some of the most important commodities heading into that week one waiver wire or week two waiver wire. Um, So maybe some of these names that we're talking about right now, we can get ahead of the game on, on some of those. So. John Daigle is going to spend the entire fall talking about how you should pick up this guy in a 10-team league or a 12-team league or a 14-team league. So this is this is where John Daigle is going to make his money right here. Uh, sadly, from my cabins around America, yes, I will be talking about why you should pick up LaShawn McCoy in every single league after week one. 
Well, a lot of times those are rookies, and we just saw Denzel Mims, T. Higgins, Lynn Bowden go off the board. Daigle, you're back on the clock here. Again, running back and wide receiver, at least to me, are the two biggest needs on the team. Yes, and I think Jarrett McKinnon has a role from day one. His health is questionable, but if he makes it to the regular season, I think he has a viable fantasy role for day one, and that's who I'm going over the list of. I mean, some of these guys don't even count at the top. Let's say Rykel Armstead, Chris Thompson, Gio Bernard, yeah, I kind of, I personally kind of love Reichwell Armstead because I think there is a clear avenue for him being the lead running back for the Jaguars, but I know you're not going to listen to me. So. No, well, I took McKinnon. I like McKinnon anyways, but I'm open to uh, Armstead on the comeback. Right, right. Like, I like what? for the record, like in FFPC leagues, I, I, Armstead is one of my highest roster running backs yeah. because I still think there's a chance Fournette doesn't make it to the regular season. Like we're, yeah. we're a month and a half away. I That's not a guarantee like everyone is assuming it is. So I love Armstead, and I'm going to try to draft him here. Yeah, well, why not take the guy who, you know, is a second-year player and a team invested like a third or a fourth-round pick in this year um, versus the guy who hasn't touched the NFL field in two seasons? You know, why do that? Because McKinnon is <laughs> in, the, he's in the better offense, first of all. And if Fournette does make it to the regular season, then you're hoping for a – Kenyon Drake like trade mid year if we make it to that point uh, for him to for Armstead to get on the field. In my opinion, Armstead is a lot more volatile than McKinnon, which is I crazy. Mean, how I, I how volatile can you get than not playing an NFL game in two seasons, John Daigle? <laughs> I think our, I think our latest blurb is that McKinnon isn't cutting yet either, which is a disaster. But I'm, oh, I, I did, like one, McKinnon. I did one that he actually is cutting now, so that was good news. Oh, look I, at that! It was Josh. the most recent one in for like the last three. three a running months. back is cutting, Josh. I mean, I absolutely do not need to pile on Jeremy McKinnon, but I just would rather pick the player who actually played last season and well, the season before that at the college level than, you know. He's but hopefully, next. Yeah, hopefully we can get Reichel Armstead um, with that. Can you just go to the wide receivers and tight ends just to see who's sure. still on board? Um, at wide receiver, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Cole Beasley, uh, Jalen Hurd is a name, Muhammad Sanu, obviously. Um mm-hmm. Basically, every bad slot receiver is on the board. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is an interesting format to, to draft the likes of Randall Cobb and Larry Fitzgerald as guys who are just going to see volume no matter what, but maybe give you like a safe seven to eight points. But other than that, uh, doesn't offer very much unless they get a touchdown. And look at that, Daigle. We finally agree on a pick. Reichel Armstead here. Uh, We've already kind of discussed it. There is an easy way to see that Leonard Fournette either is not the week one starter, is not the week six starter, is not the week 16 starter. And if that's the case, unless Divino Zigbo, a friend, uh, is allowed to get an opportunity in that backfield, almost certainly Reichel Armstead inherits that, uh, you know, first and second down role if Chris Thompson stays healthy in that Jay Gruden offense. And since Rivers is gone, I'm still going to add a third quarterback to this board. We have Jordan Howard and Preston Williams. So just by default, I'm likely going to add either Tagovailoa or Fitzpatrick over Dwayne Haskins. Um, oh, Tyrod Taylor is there as well, who offers standalone value. As I, would actually, I would actually go Tyrod. Well, Mitch Trubisky might start, Josh. We've talked about this, so. I'm not, I can't, I can't guarantee Nick Foles starts. This is kind of my first real off season with you, Daigle. And <laughs> I learned that once you believe something, you believe something, you know, like you believe that there is a legitimate chance that Mitchell Trubisky is the starting quarterback. And in fact, I would say you 
believe that more so than Nick Foles being the starting quarterback, despite the rest of the NFL universe believing the opposite. It is true that Nick Foles knows the playbook better than Trubisky, but like Nick Foles coming back and playing over Minshew last year with the Bears this year, like the coaching staff in the organization has no choice but to see what they have left in Trubisky because they're not going to bring him back next year no matter what. So it's a last-ditch effort to give him a few games, and that could easily tank and burn, as we've seen. But you have to give him another shot. Like, they have no choice. They've already tanked their organization on behalf of him. Why wouldn't they throw him out there with the insurance plan guaranteed? Uh, based on his play last year, I think Hayden knows the playbook better than Mitch Trubisky. So. I better get hazard pay for going and listening through this two minutes of Bears quarterback talk. Just draft <laughs> Allen Robinson. Can we? Okay. It. How about this? How about we just put it into this and lunch bet it, Josh? How about we tab bet this? Sure. And I, I will take Trubisky straight up. Don't even need us to the odds. I'll take him starting week one over Nick Foles. Add that to the list. I do want to bring up a name, and this is the type of conversations you have in round 17, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but a running back to me, who we've talked about handcuffs. We've talked about players who might see an increased workload this year based on one, the running back ahead of them, but also the situation that the NFL is in right now uh, that needs to be getting more attention is Carlos Hyde. I mean, Carlos Hyde is absolutely locked in as a number two running back in that backfield because Rashad Penny's coming off a significant injury. We know Chris Carson misses time and we know whoever's in that backfield is going to get a lot of work. And Carlos Hyde going in round 17, and he's going around there, around 15 or so on, on other platforms right now. He's someone in the last two weeks, Hayden, that I've had a lot of exposure to. Yeah, I mean, you, both of the running backs ahead of him on the depth chart, if even if we're including Rashad Penny, uh, are coming off like major offseason surgeries. This is not like two healthy players coming back. Carlos Hyde has a chance to make starts in the first six weeks uh, just by injury luck. And he's so, so cheap. And we know if Carlos hides the guy, they're going to feed him. Like he fits the, exactly the, the prototype that the offense wants to build. He'll get goal end carries. And we're talking about a top 10 offense. So I think he's a very good pick in the 17th round. Okay. Just to catch everyone up from this off season, if you've missed any episodes. So we have lunch bets <laughs> and these lunch bets as they stand are, I have Robert Woods and PPR over Pat's Cortland Sutton. I have Tom Brady under 31 and a half touchdowns with Josh, who set the line. I have David Johnson over David Montgomery with Pat, I believe. Yes. I I have Tyler Boyd over Julian Edelman in PPR, and I think that's with you, right? No, actually, I think the David Montgomery one is with me as well because I'm probably David Montgomery's biggest advocate on the staff. Somehow, again, I don't know how these things happen over the course of the next two or three or the last two or three months. But that has happened. That's what And then, of course, what we just added, Trubisky straight up starts over Nick Foles with you. Well, Daigle, are you going to put your money where your mouth is and go with Mitch Trubisky <laughs> for first quarterback? Uh, well, I mean, I have – we have the two Dolphins players. I think it makes more sense. I personally don't think you need a second quarterback because if Patrick Mahomes goes down, your team is screwed no matter what. Uh, Gardner Minshew's right there, sir. You know, bite your tongue. Well, I mean, okay. If – but – the only reason you're drafting another one is if they outscore one of those two. And if, if a player is outscoring Patrick Mahomes, then you're going to be bad this year. All right. Well, we disagree, but over these old slot receivers, I'm instead going Antonio Brown at wide receiver. We don't okay, get it's kind of like 
pointless pick. I mean, it's absolutely not a pointless at, pick. But at the very least, he's missing the first eight weeks of the NFL season. That can also be extended once the season actually starts. And so you do not have a player on your roster right now of the wide receivers that we talked about, along with Michael Hardman, Paris Campbell, and Preston Williams. Uh, now you have Antonio Brown added to that. It's just Stephon, an interesting. It's an interesting roster construction to me, Tegel, and one that I would not credit. Stephon Diggs plays the Jets the first eight weeks. I don't know if you heard twice. So <laughs> he fills in for Antonio Brown until AB can get there for me. I want to put my scouting cap, cap on, and I want to pitch Andy Isabella who, I mean, we're in this territory. We're talking darts. We're talking about somebody that's going to be on the field in a good offense, running high-value routes, uh, going deep. If he catches one of these, we see what he can do. Um, we're one year removed from him leading all of college football and yardage and stuff. So, of course, the, the season didn't go his way, but and we're talking about somebody that's going to be running routes in a good offense. So I think that at least checks the box. Based on how you've built this roster, again, with Patrick Mahomes and again with two early round running backs along with Jordan Howard, which you expect to lead the Dolphins in touches and Zach Moss to have a touchdown role. Daigle, I am pleading to finish this draft. I know it's going to seem like a ton, but I think you should end it with two more wide receiver picks and take it all the way up to nine. Y'all, you want me to draft over these receivers that we have left. I don't even, I have no interest in any of these guys except Andy Isabella. That's the last one on my list, literally. Please don't make me draft Danny Amendola. Please don't make me draft Kendrick Bourne. Okay. Like, I'd rather, I'd much rather have LaShawn McCoy than those guys. Okay. Does that make sense? I understand. Yep, it does. You can. Uh, no, it does. You're just agreeing with me. Yes, because once again, I will reiterate: this is your team. This is your team, and draft LaShawn McCoy right now. Do it. I mean, Rex Burkhead's going off the board. We we are in, in no man's lands. I kind of like Rex Burkhead. Kind of like Rex Burkhead this year. I think uh, Brandon Bolden's opt-out is a little more intriguing for Burkhead in deep leagues. It would not be a Roto World offseason if one of us did not say, I like Rex Burkhead this season. So I appreciate <laughs> you being that person. Hopefully we can get that clipped and uh, have that for the next few weeks. Um, okay, you have one more pick left, Daigle. Why don't we run through your team for everyone out there? A quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Gardner Minshew, your running backs, Clyde edwards Hilaire, Nick Chubb, Jordan Howard, Zach Moss, Jarek McKinnon, and Reichel Armstead. A wide receiver, DJ Chark, Stephon Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Hardman, Preston Williams, Paris Campbell, Antonio Brown, Andy Isabella, and at tight end, Tyler Higby, Blake Jarwin, Chris Herndon. Before I get to you, Daigle, Hayden, what are your thoughts? I think this is how you want to do it from a roster construction standpoint. You attacked running back early, and then you waited on it for a while. You got... Um, drafted a lot more receivers than you otherwise would have just because you didn't draft one until the fourth round. You got Patrick Mahomes and you only drafted it one other person. And then you drafted three tight ends kind of uh, in, in the mix where you want to be drafting them. And you needed to go three deep because Tyler Higby was your first person. So I think roster construction wise, you get an A. Player wise? Uh, I what's think your, uh, what's your, what your favorite selection and then your least favorite selection? Uh. Jordan Howard, probably my favorite. No, I, I, I'm still not sold on Jordan Howard. Um, I like Tyler Higby and I like Andy Isabella. I like Blake Jarwin. Um, I like the DJ Chark pick. So, I mean, there's a lot. And T.Y. Hilton. I, I, I'll, I'll say T.Y. Hilton because he fell. I was pitching for him the round previously and then he fell to us. So that would be my favorite. Yep. I think that was a really good value. Uh, Dago, you seem frustrated. Uh, LaShawn McCoy went. 
it, this was a good thing to note just because LaShawn McCoy is probably ranked like he was like a uh, player number 855 when I'm watching this live with Daigle. Keep scrolling everybody in your leagues because he's going to be sitting there. And I, I don't advocate him in a standard 10, 10 team league, but in 12 team league, if you're talking about the 17th, 18th, 18th round, scroll down, type his name in the list and then go draft him there because nobody else will. And every and, since, and since all of us are going to be drafting online this year, uh, I think everyone should have a few players who almost certainly on these standard uh, databases are going to be super far down on the list. Um, that is absolutely the type of name that as it gets towards, you know, the final five or four rounds that you just add to your queue, you type in. And so you can just keep him in the front of your mind, because if you get in the clock and you only have about a minute to select him, then you might not be able to scroll down that quick enough. So it's just someone to, to think in advance on. Yeah, uh, after we get the opt-outs, um, which is our due Thursday, I'm going to go through and I'm write the premium article on uh, players that are just like way off from the Yahoo rankings, the ESPN rankings, the NFL.com rankings, and I'll probably do drafters rankings and underdog rankings as well and just highlight the players that are just way mispriced on the, the default rankings. Yep. And, and- uh, in Bruce Arians' last four coaching stints, even going back to the Cardinals, when he's had the opportunity to play the veteran who is inefficient and doesn't deserve touches, he does every single time. Uh, LaShawn McCoy only has Ronald Jones in his past. Keyshawn, John, Keyshawn Vaughn's not even a factor. And Dare, don't don't listen. He's not a factor either. And I think LaShawn McCoy does lead that backfield in touches, at least opening the year. And one more plug for our season-long tools Hayden mentioned taking advantage of the default rankings. Uh, That's one of my favorite features in our draft guide each and every year. To go and get that, go to rotoworld.com slash edge. And again, use the promo code FBPOD10 for $10 off that subscription. Uh, Daigle, almost on the verge of your last selection. Well, I guess about four or five picks until you're up. You have to have a name in mind. Well, all my guys are getting taken. Uh, let's LaShawn McCoy went. Uh, Kendrick Bourne went. Danny Amendola, do it. I okay. This is how deep into the research we are. I actually went on Danny Amendola's Pro Football References, and I looked at his game logs last year, and there was like four or five games where he averaged or he scored like seventeen points. Very, very surprising. Uh, but I think he can actually be a starter for you a couple times. Since as, I've gross been, it is, as gross it is, as it is. Since I've been adding details to the opt-out tracker, uh, yeah, Danny Amendola finished uh, 97 targets last year, quietly, 40th in the league overall, and then also um, had eight targets in seven games, and six of those came with Marvin Jones in, still in the lineup. So there's opportunity there, I guess. And basically the one receiver that they added in Geronimo Allison also opted out. Did he not? Yes, he opted out. Yes. Yeah, so – and he was a slot receiver. So it would only be Quintez Cephas, and he was not a slot receiver in college. Correct. Nor good. Nor good. (laughs) Although he's taking Marvin Jones' spot for Dynasty Leagues. All right. I mean, what a a draft in with Danny Mandola, nine receivers. Good Lord. You know, Dago, I think it's only fitting to end this draft with Danny Amendola, if you ask me. Uh, Okay, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in while Dago stares at the screen confused. Um, I appreciate it. Dago, thanks for being a good sport about this. I know it can be a difficult thing to draft and talk and outline and 
and do all that stuff and scroll up all at the same time. But I think you did a wonderful job. And thanks to everyone for joining us. Some common names here. Eli Weiner from Number Fire. Eric Belair, who's a big fan of the podcast, always hanging around. We appreciate all of you. Yep. We really do appreciate all of you. And again, August is typically our biggest month here for the Roto Road Football Podcast. If you could just do us one favor, rate and review it and share this podcast with whoever, with whoever you know is a football fan, which should be a lot of people. That would just mean so much to each and every one of us continue to grow this community, the show and all of that goodness. So for Hayden Winks, for John Daigle, I am Josh Norris up the villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly blue book, my wallet on auto trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto trader. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.